Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Well, if you're watching online, um, I was hugging Ethan. He's kind of grown up in our church, certainly as a teen, into now married life. And, uh, well, they're moving overseas. He and Lara move next uh, in in, uh, whatever it is, the 11th. And uh, next week's his last service with us. And uh, we should pray for him. And if you remember to pray for him, he's going to, they're going to the UK. He's going to pursue the things in his heart. And um, we, we will be praying for him next week. To everyone online, hi to everybody in Armada. It's good to have you here. I'll see you next week. Um, Port, guys, I'll see you next Sunday night. And uh, to everyone in Gaira, it's good to have you this morning. Everyone in Canada, we're so, so very close to the building opening. And uh, we continue to pray for you all. And of course, in Bendy, um, uh, have a great Sunday. All right, here we are. It's good to see you all. Good to be in church. Good to have Jeff Budden with us. And um, praise God for good things. So this is week three. Stand firm is what we've been talking about. And today I want to just change gears slightly in this final week of this series and talk about stand firm together. Hey, if you ever listen to our podcast or if you've never listened to our podcast, I want to encourage you to get 8.30's message from this morning here in Tamworth. We're talking about a tricky subject that is vital for people. This morning we talked about hell. It's the best message I've ever heard on hell. It's theologically sound. It's brilliantly taught and you'll be better for it and give you a great understanding. And it'll be very helpful in these days when we're called to stand firm in the midst of all kinds of opinion. So I'd encourage you to get it. You'll be better for it our 8.30 Tamworth um, podcast. Stand firm together. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27 says this, whatever happens, I like that, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ or of Jesus. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. I love this. Whatever happens, stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Paul is writing to the local church in Corinth. It's a messed up, it's as messed up as any church we're part of. And uh, God's not put up by that. He's right in the middle of it going, yeah, you're human, I get it. That's why I sent Jesus. That's why I gave the church my Holy Spirit. That's why I left them my word. And, uh, and, he, and he's writing to them. He says, hey, you, local church, Corinthians, here's what I want you to do. And he talks to them and talks about standing firm, but not just standing firm individually. He talks about standing firm together as one. So here's my question as we get moving. As you, if you're a follower of Jesus. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, let me say this up front. I always try to make sure that my, if I'm preaching, that I'm speaking with attention of you not knowing Jesus yet and the person in the room who does. Today, I'm pretty well speaking to the church. But come along for the ride. And uh, because if you ever commit your life to Jesus, this is what he calls you to. 
He calls you to this kind of standing firm together in your faith. And if nothing else, you could take away the principles of it and really build your household, your family, everything else. But it's specifically talking to the church. And he's saying to everyone, you know, whatever has happened, whatever's happening, whatever happens, stand firm together. Does that describe you? Does that describe you as a person in the local church? Yes, it does describe you, Trish Moore. It does describe you. I'm not going to pick on the teenagers today. It does describe Dan Urquhart, maybe just for a little while. It does describe Georgia Moore. It does. It does describe you, Beck Simpson. You are that person. As a follower of Jesus, does that describe you? Imagine a local church where this is the case. That's, oh, I tell you, live perpetually in uh, not only the hope of that. I see it, but I'd love to see it and imagine it spreading even more amongst local churches out from the centre, wherever that is. Can you imagine that kind of church where it's just standing firm, one spirit, united in cause, striving together for the sake of the gospel? And many of you do that. Many of you do that. You do it very well. So, but let's talk about it today. As Jesus Church, we're called to, at all times, and I think it's paramount in this season, to be a standing firm together church. So in week three today, we're going to talk about that standing firm together. I think we've got the image here, the, the image of the soldiers and the shields. And uh, that's not the one I had, but that has the same effect. Well done for somehow getting that done, whoever did. Can you leave that up there for me? And uh, a shield wall. When I think of this, this is what I think of. I think of a shield wall. You know, the shield wall um, is greater then together, the sum of the shield wall is way more powerful than its individual parts. In, in the time of war where this was, you know, the greatest defense in battle, individual people coming together, intertwined, interdependent, forming a wall that is greater than any of them individually. None of, them are, none of those individuals are as well protected with their own shield on their own as they are in a shield wall that is together. And in the day of its strength and its dominance in the field of battle, the shield of war, the shield, I've got a picture where the shield wall is completely engulfing the, the, um, the army. But then what happens when the momentum of the battle shifts, the shield wall can then take ground as they advance together. And everybody's more protected. Everybody can move in sync. And as one, they're, they're actually able to move forward with less loss, to move forward, taking ground. And, you know, in our individualistic world and culture that we live in, maybe sometimes we lose sight of the power of together that Jesus calls his church to. And Jesus' church is meant to be, it's not just you and it's not just me. It's not just a personal faith. It's actually a faith where he calls us to stand firm together as we move forward for his gospel. And so the skilled shield wall linked together. It was interdependent. It moved as one. It could dominate armies. It could defend more than itself. It was powerful. It protected its own like nothing else could. And I think Philippians 1.27 strikes me as a shield wall kind of scripture. Whatever happens, stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for this faith of the gospel. So how do we stand together? How do we stand firm together, especially in times like these? 
And then the second question I want us to answer is what does standing firm together look like from you in 2022? In the first two weeks, we talked about for you. And today I want to talk about from you. What does this look like as we stand firm together? Um, so let's take our little uh, text here, Philippians 1.27. Uh, whatever happens. So how it starts and it goes through the text. It says, whatever happens, stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the gospel. How do we stand firm together? The first thing here is determine whatever happens. Whatever happens. Whatever happens. Can you say that today? Can you say, whatever happens, I'm in. Or is it dependent on it going a certain way? I don't know what's happened to you. Have you ever been overlooked? If you're in the church, have you ever been overworked? You overwork me, just for the record. I could be offended with all of you. (laughs) Not really. That's my choice. Um, Have you ever been overlooked? Have you ever been overworked? Have you ever been forgotten? Have you ever been misrepresented? Have you ever been treated badly for doing the right thing? Have you ever sacrificially given and been misused? Have you ever sacrificially lived and been misused? Does it ever happen to you? All those things have happened to me. Have you ever been your pastor's least favourite person? Katie, that could never happen to you. <laughs> That's my little start-up list. You've got your own. But the question is, whatever happens, will you stand firm? Will you stand together? Will you strive as one for the sake of the gospel? And the emphatic answer that needs to come is what? Yes. 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 Who loses most when you don't stand firm as one? You. Who loses next? The church. But who loses most? You. And then who loses next? The church. Who wins when you stand firm? You. Who wins when you stand firm? The church. But someone else wins when we stand firm as well. When we stand firm, the Bible says that we will be known by our love for each other. Everybody wins when you and I stand firm together. And therefore, whatever what happens is, cannot overrule that. Well, it can because we have the power of choice. But it's a tragedy and life is short. You live long enough, there'll be a long list of whatever happens. And it's best to determine now, right in this moment, whatever's happened or what will happen, that we determine right now that whatever happens, I'm standing firm in the faith and not just my faith, because that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about our shared faith as a community of faith, as a local church, as Jesus' church upon the earth, that we would stand firm together, whatever happens. Life's messy. We're human. We all need grace. I know that I've been here enough time now that just in this room, I can, if I look at the wrong face, I'll get emotional because there's people I know that have, we're only still as one because you've shown me grace. I've made mistakes. Don't nod too willingly and don't smile too big. And the person next to you, if you know them, has shown you grace. And if you've got a parent and they're Christian, they've shown you grace. Probably if they're not a Christian, they've shown you grace. If I'm a child, I've been shown grace. If you're driving with Lockie, doing driving on his L's yesterday, I've shown grace. <laughs> Not really, he did a good job. It's messy. It's messy and, and you know, it, it, it's human and we all need grace in massive doses, like massive doses 
of grace. We all need it. And here's the cool thing. God knew that and inspired the text anyway. He went, these guys are, he's writing to the Corinthians. They are the most messed up of all the churches. These guys, they've got everything happening. And he writes to them and says, stand together as one. Yeah, I know, I know. Listen to this, what happened? I know that he slept, she slept, he slept with his mother's wife, his father's wife. I know that, like, that's the kind of thing. I can't even remember which one it was, but it was bad, right? It was like next level bad. And then against that context, he says, stand together, firm, in one spirit, striving together as one. Is worse than that happened to you? No, stand firm, one spirit. Has someone forgotten you? Sure they have. Someone left you out? Sure. Someone not thanked you? Sure. Someone misused you? Yes. Someone misrepresented you? Probably. If not, they will. Stand firm together in one spirit, striving together for the sake of the gospel. And so here are some thoughts. Whatever happens is the first one. Whatever happens, just determine that whatever happens, you're in. If you don't, you will lose. You will. I've never seen anyone isolate themselves who's ended up better off ever. Not one time, not in my entire years of serving Jesus. Not one time, not ever. Whatever happens, stand firm together. And so here's a thought. I need you. Somehow I need Fritzy, apart from the fact that he cuts my hair. I need Fritzy. It is interesting, though, if you're thinking about a barber, that before Fritzy, I had no grey hair. <laughs> so that could be on him. If you're not wanting to go grey, don't go to Fritzy. I need you. I need you like I need a barber. I can't cut my own hair. I need you. And here's the thing. You need me. Or maybe not me specifically, but someone like me or someone completely unlike me that serves Jesus. You need me. We need each other. I need you. You need me. We need each other. Have to come to that. You will not be better on your own. You'll not be better off to the fringes. You won't be better creating your own tribe of two or three people off here, doing your thing, believing your theology, standing against COVID or whatever it is you do. You won't be better. We're better together. I need you. You need me. We need each other. That's what the Bible says. And so I've just written, we might survive, but it's hard to thrive just doing our thing. You do your thing and you will pay the price. But if you will stand firm together, you will win the race. And it's harder to stand firm together, isn't it? Isn't it? It's just harder. It's easy to do my own thing. I thank God for people that have had grace and forgiven me. There's so many people that could not be here if they hadn't had grace for me. Not, not me abusing that, just me being human. And, and so let's just determine that we're all in this. Doing our thing, it, it feels like it works at first, but, but, but it doesn't in the end. It, it alleviates something at first, but it doesn't work in the end. Just doing our thing, we won't win, but we win, we're better together. Phil Jackson it's the son of a preacher man, one of the great coaches in NBA history. Anyone know who Phil Jackson is? Basketball fans, all six of you? Phil Jackson. You might know he coached Michael Jordan. And he said, um, he said you know what? Every, every player um, brings something to the team 
but every individual needs a team. Michael Jordan, greatest player who's ever lived, brings something to the team, but he said he also needs a team. And sometimes I think just growing up in a preacher's household, he might have learned some things about that. I need you, you need me, we need each other. Romans 15 verse 5 says this, um, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another um, in accordance with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. Uh, he, he's, he's giving them, he's getting in their face. He's, we're not today. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Now's a time to focus our energy on what unites us. We live in that kind of time period, what unites us, the things that bring us together, our King Jesus, our common faith, his singular cause, his local church, the things that bring us together, the, ex the, the expression of his mission and cause through his local church, these things that bring us together. Now's the time to focus on them. Could we disagree on theology? Yes, we could. Yes, we will. I've got a wife, and if I just take those two people together, senior pastors of our church, and we do a theological discussion at some point, not very deep into it, Brian and I might disagree. What hope have you and I got? Now, the things that are common, the things that unite us, the things that bring us together, the, the, the lordship of Jesus, the, the message of the gospel, all of those things, let's be those, whatever happens. And whatever happens, it says, stand firm in one spirit, striving together is one. And, and it's this idea of side by side, arm in arm, moving forward together in unison. So are you there yet? Uh, in terms of standing together, are you there? Let, I, I don't want to settle for divisions amongst us. I don't want to settle for indifference towards each other's faith. I don't, I don't want you to either. I want us to be standing firm in our faith, standing firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the gospel. And just to touch on that, Romans 5 verse 9 says, and going on, now that we are set right with God by means of his sacrificial death, the consummate blood sacrifice, there is no longer a question of being at odds with God in any way. If when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son, now that we've had our best, just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of the resurrection life, the gospel. He, we stuffed it up. God puts things right. Not everybody likes that, but we stuffed it up. He puts things right. That's good news. The justice of a holy God is served on Jesus so that the mercy of a loving God is extended to us, the gospel, strive together for the gospel. It's God's great exchange. People complicate it, but it's simple. He became sin for us that we might become what the Bible says is a righteousness of Christ or of God. He became sin for us. The simple gospel, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 to 21. It says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Stand firm together in one spirit, striving together for the cause of the gospel. And so what does standing firm look like from you, from me this year? I've just got a few thoughts. Here's the first one. Number one, just strengthen your tribe. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9, 9 to 12 say this. 
Two people can accomplish more than twice as much as one. Well, it depends who the second person is. If you're washing the dishes with your kids, they can get more work done together. Also, if one falls down, the other can help him up. And two can resist an attack that would defeat one person alone. Three people is even better. A rope made of three cords is hard to break. The suggestion is, so is a bond, you know, of people. So love everybody and find your tribe. It's okay to have a tribe. It's okay. Um, I, I saw Matt Keyes over in the corner and he and Rick Allerton and a few others do a, these nights call about Dungeons and Dragons. Are you part of that? Yes. And I remember one time Rick, just being Rick, he's a lovely guy, and Rick invited me along. And clearly after he invited me, he went and spoke to the group. And I reckon the group said to him, no, that is not going to work. And a couple of days later, Rick kind of kindly uninvited me. He sort of said, Daz, if you want to come, it's on, you know. And I'm like, okay, he's spoken to the group. And the group have gone, unless Dungeons and Dragons is a football game with two teams, it's not going to work for him. And it certainly won't work for us. It's okay to have our tribe. It's okay. Love everybody, but strengthen your tribe. Who's, who's, who's close to you? Who are you in proximity with? Strengthen the tribe. Love everybody and find your tribe. Can you imagine what can happen when a small group of people start building up each other's stand firm faith? Hey, that's, that, that's where it happens. Strengthen your tribe. It's, it's, it's big for us. And, and, and so as you think about that, you know, some... Sometimes you get in your little tribe, even in the church, and the little tribe actually influences lean out. I'm like, wrong tribe. Even if they love everything you love, get yourself out of there. I know that someone could leave today based on that. Get yourself out of there. If it's lean out tribe, if it's divisionary, if it's lean out, if it's, if it's problematic, if it's all out, get out of there. It's not good for your faith. Get in where you're going to stand firm together as one people. If you do leave today, it'd be good if you could keep tithing. <laughs> I'm only joking. Only joking, only joking. Kind of. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm only joking. Find your tribe. I could get in trouble for that one later, a flocky. Find your tribe. Strengthen your tribe. Find a great tribe that, you know, you, you, you just can serve Jesus together and build each other's faith and strengthen each other to stand firm in the midst of all you do. Why you play Dungeons and Dragons and leave me out? It's okay. It's okay. I'm still all right. And, and just strengthen each other in the faith, standing firm together. Find your tribe. That's the first thought there. What does standing firm together look like from you? Stand, uh, strengthen, stand firm on our knees. This is big because this is where Matt and I don't need to be in the same room together to strengthen each other in our stand firm faith. Listen to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 16. Paul's writing to the church. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. He says, I kneel before the Father and I pray. And this is what he prays. He prays, Out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit, in your inner being. He says, Paul says, hey, I'm a long way from you, Philippians, but I want you to know, or whoever he's praying, talking to, Ephesians. He says, I'm a long way from you, but I want you to know I'm on my knees. I'm praying to God for you. I'm praying that God would strengthen you by his power in his inner being. It's a stand firm prayer that he's delivering 
to the church. And you and I, we might not all be in each other's tribe, but we're all part of the same church and we can all do that together and for each other. That something supernatural would go on in my spirit and in yours. That something would just be supernaturally transforming on the inside of us as I pray for you and as you pray for me in this hour. We need that, don't we? Do you need strengthening on the inside of you if you're a believer? I do. I appreciate your prayers. I do. I appreciate your prayers. I know that Bron does. I don't know where David is, but David was praying for Bron the other week and Bron came home and told me about it. She was so grateful that, that he was praying. And so stand firm, praying for each other. And then finally, um, today, just, you know, just I'll wrap it here. So just notice people and note things and pray prayers. Just notice people and then note things and pray prayers. And, and, you know, when you're walking through a room like this today, there'll be things you notice in the next hour if you hang around for the hour after church, which, you know, I think is as important as the hour of church. And, and, and just notice people and notice what they're saying, notice what's going on and note that and think about the prayers that we can pray for each other. Strengthening, stand firm in us as we move forward together. I'm going to cut to um, the end and I'll say this. I was at a funeral this week a very fine pastor from our local region, Pastor Matthew Burroughs, lived to the age of 90. For 41 years, he served in a, you know, a active, recognised ministry role, and then he retired and he served a couple more decades on top of it. And I'm sitting in the back of the room and I'm listening to people and I'm watching people. And here's what I could see. His stand firm faith, he'd modelled something to everyone in the room. His life had modelled something and his life inspired something. And, his, and God used his life to rally people to stand firm in their faith. It was so powerful. I'm watching it and thinking by his words and his actions and 61 years, there are people in this room who are standing firm and standing firm together because of what he modelled and what he inspired and the way he lived. And you and I, together as Jesus Church, live in a time when we can stand firm in a way that is powerful, maybe like you've never known before this moment, but can know from this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? All right, why don't you stand with me? We're going to sing a song in a moment and come around communion. I just want to pray. If you're happy to, why don't you close your eyes? I'd love you to be in a, if you're a Christian, at least in a place of worship. If you're going, I'm not sure what's going on with the live stream. God bless you. We'll send you back to um, your pastors. Have a great Sunday. And uh, to everyone in the room, why don't you close your eyes if you're comfortable with that. Get ready to worship Jesus one more time before we come around communion, but let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone here. Lord, all of us need, all of us need each other. We need people of faith to stand firm with us. And so I pray you by your Holy Spirit would stir us again today to be the kind of people that unite and stand firm, that inspire others to stand firm, that model something that stands firm. And Lord, that we would be the church of Jesus in this age that defies every critic, Lord, every cultural shift, uh, people that actually are committed to each other and are for each other and stand firm together in the faith in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. 
So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.